you guys and welcome to The Secret Place. I am your host, Rachel Anderson, and together in this podcast, we will be pursuing a relationship with Jesus together. Go ahead and pause this episode and go before the Lord in prayer as we prepare to spend time with Him in The Secret Place. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Secret Place. My name is Rachel, and I am so excited just to dive into God's Word today with you. So today we're going to be talking about Sukkot. And if you don't know what Sukkot is, it's also called the Feast of Tabernacles. This is a biblical holiday that God commanded the people in Israel to celebrate. And so we're going to talk about um, what is Sukkot the other meaning of Sukkot. So how did Jesus partially fulfill Sukkot? We're going to talk about the prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled. And then finally, we're going to talk about the importance of celebrating this Jewish, not just Jewish festival, but biblical festival for both Jews and non-Jews. So what is Sukkot? Sukkot is also called the Feast of Tabernacles, and it's this giant harvest celebration. It commemorates the miracles Um, and the miraculous protection that God provided for the Israelites in the 40 years of wandering in the desert. And something else to keep in mind here is that it wasn't just the Israelites who were wandering in the desert. We covered in um, last year in our podcast episode, I guess that would have been this year actually, this year in our podcast episode of the Passover, how a mixed multitude left Egypt along with the Jews. And so, It wasn't just Jews wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. It was also this mixed multitude of people. So the celebration is commemorating and remembering how God protected these people for 40 years while they were wandering in the desert. It's a season where you'll see a lot of people building shelters and booths, also called sukkahs. Um, And they build these sukkahs um, because God commanded it. He commanded the Israel to dwell in these sukkahs for seven days so that descendants um, from them would not only remember the Lord's provision, but would also always remember the Lord's protection. And so the celebration is a remembrance of what God has done. And actually, if you want to, Exodus 23 verse 16 is the first mention of Sukkot in scripture before the Israelites even got to the promised land. And so it's first mentioned there. And then Exodus 34, 22 is kind of a reiteration of the command to celebrate this festival. So the Sukkah, going back to the Sukkah in and of itself has symbolism. So as I mentioned earlier, we build the Sukkah to, um, you eat under the Sukkah, you dwell under the Sukkah. And this is commanded in the book of Leviticus. And you do all these things to remember the Lord's provision, but also his protection. But the sukkah also has a lot of symbolism. Like it symbolizes that nothing in life is permanent. And we have to be thankful for every day that we are given by God. Because God, yes, is our ultimate provision and our ultimate protector. But it also shows us that Nothing in life is permanent, so why hold on to these things of this earth that aren't permanent when we should be having eternal eyes on God? But Sukkot also has another meaning. So what we just talked about is how Sukkot was commanded, is commanded, by God to be celebrated in the Old Covenant. And we also see in the New Covenant how Jesus fulfilled some of these things. And to begin with, in John chapter 7, Jesus is celebrating the 
Feast of Tabernacles. It says in verse 2, But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brother said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore, Jesus told them, My time is not yet here, for you any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going up to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Um, You can read further down if you want to, but this is where it keeps going on and Jesus actually shows up and he starts teaching at the festival. The Feast of Tabernacles is also mentioned as a prophecy for the millennial. Now, if you don't know what the millennial, the millennium is, it's basically, um, it's the thousand year reign that Jesus has when he comes back for his second coming. And so you have the tribulation and after the seven years ends, Jesus comes back, um, defeats the enemy, steps on the Mount of Olives, splits it in two and um, throws Satan um, and locks him away and all that. And then he comes and reigns on earth for a thousand years. It's called the millennium. And so this um, festival, the Feast of Booths, the Feast of uh, Tabernacles, Sukkot, however you want to call it, is mentioned as a prophecy during this time. In Zechariah fourteen sixteen, it says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all nations, which came against Jerusalem, shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. It actually continues on saying this, If any of the peoples of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, they will have no rain. If the Egyptian people do not go up and take part, they will have no rain. The Lord will bring on them a plague. He inflicts on the nations that do not go up to celebrate the festival of tabernacles. This will be a punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that do not go up to celebrate the festival of tabernacles. This verse in and of itself to me points to just how important this festival is to God's heart. This festival is a requirement in the millennium to come and celebrate. Otherwise, God will not send rain. He will inflict plagues among the nations if they don't come and celebrate this festival. You see, when you begin to understand God's biblical festivals, these are biblical, they're in the Bible. When we begin to understand these festivals, we see more of God's heart, we see more of God's plan, And it's something that is so sweet and you feel so much closer to the Lord when you celebrate these things because you're having a party that God commanded you to have. (laughs) Like, I think that's so crazy that God literally said, hey, celebrate these things, celebrate these things in remembrance of me, celebrate these things so that you do not forget, but also there's going to be so much more to come with these celebrations in the millennium and in Um, after the millennium when the Lord comes back, which we're going to dive into that in a second. Something else that is really cool is in John 1.14, it says this, 
And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word dwelt here is the word skinu in Greek, which means tabernacled. So God literally came in flesh to tabernacle among his people to dwell with us. You see, when he became flesh, when Jesus inhabited this temporary shelter of an earthly body, he knew that he would be required to leave it soon. And I think the question that some people ask is, why would God do that for me? Why would God come down in an earthly body and have to leave it soon because of the crucifixion, raised from the dead, and then go back home? Why did he do it? He did it so that we might have a home in him, not this temporary shelter in the wilderness, not this sukkah that we have to bring up and take down and move around, not something that is temporary, but he did it so that we could have that eternal home, that eternal kingdom with him forever and ever. And it's just mind blowing that God loves you so much that he did this for you so that you could be with him for eternity. So now that we've dived into what is Sukkot, how it was celebrated in the Old Covenant, but also how it was celebrated continuously in the New Covenant and by Jesus himself, and some other things of prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled, we're going to dive into one more prophecy, but also why should believers in Jesus celebrate Sukkot, both Jews and non-Jews alike? As I mentioned earlier, that these festivals are not just for the Jews. These are biblical festivals that are in our scriptures that we have as believers. We have the Old Covenant, including the Torah, and we have... Oh my gosh. My dog is so angry at me right now. He wants me to play ball with him. So, hopefully it's not too distracting. Okay, so I just came back. I just came back from throwing the ball for my dog, so hopefully he's appeased for now. But let's go back and get into what we were just talking about. So we have the Old Covenant, including the Torah, but we also have the New Covenant, where this is celebrated all throughout. And not only that, we have the promises that it will be celebrated in the Second Coming. We can also celebrate John 1.14 that we read earlier, that literally God became flesh and came to tabernacle among us and save us from our sins something that we can never do ourselves. And that in and of itself is a reason to celebrate. And some symbolism with Sukkot and everything is that everyone literally has been lost in their life. Like we have all wandered through the wilderness, through the hard times, and have been lost. And yet God has still provided for us. He's protected us and he's delivered us. The same way that he delivered the Israelites from the 40 years that they were wandering in the desert, God delivered us from our sins, and that is also a reason for us to celebrate this this celebration, this festival, is to recognize all that God did in the Old Testament, all that God did in the New Testament, and all that He is doing in our lives right now. In fact, in Revelation 21.3, it says this, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them. We can also recognize all that God is going to do in the future. One day, as Revelation prophesizes, God himself will be dwelling with man 
for eternity. He will be tabernacling with us for eternity. Like we will be in his presence. We will be with him. How great is that? We get to look forward to prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled. That we are his children, that he will dwell with us as promised in Revelation. And finally, we celebrate Sukkot as an act of worship. An act of worship, as I mentioned, for all that he has done in our lives and all that he will do in the future. That is why we celebrate, because it's part of God's heart. It's on his heart, and if it's on his heart, then it needs to be on his followers' hearts. So I have a bunch of scriptural references that I'm going to read off in order that they appear, and I got this from the Land of Honey blog, I believe it's what it's called. And she just kind of put them in order. And so that is what I'm going to read off to you. I don't have each verse written down, but I have like what's a little bit of what's inside each verse. And so I'm going to read that to you really quick. Exodus 23, 16. This is the first mention of Sukkot in scripture before the Israelites even go to the promised land. Exodus 34, 22. This is a reiteration of the command to celebrate the festivals. Leviticus 23, 24 has details on Sukkot. Deuteronomy 16, 13-15 talks about rejoicing during the festival of booths, which is Sukkot. Psalms 27, 5 is a promise that Yahweh will secure us in his Sukkah. Ecclesiastics, this is traditionally read during Sukkot. Ezra 3, 4, the celebration of Sukkot after the temple was rebuilt. Nehemiah 8, 14-18, the Torah is read after many years of neglect and the people see the instructions on keeping the feasts. Zechariah 14, 16-20, a prophecy of the Feast of Sukkot is celebrated in the millennium. Luke 2, the story of the birth of Messiah, which is evidenced to have happened at this time of year. John 7, Jesus Yeshua's time at the festival of Sukkot. Revelation 21, 3-5, when the Sukkah of Yahweh comes to dwell with us forever. Wow, literally, the Sukkah of Yahweh will come and dwell with us forever. That is so beautiful, and I am so excited for when God comes back and dwells with us forever. I definitely do not know everything, and I have only been celebrating Sukkot for four years, five years. And so I definitely don't know everything. Um, but God teaches me something new literally every year. And I am so grateful for how much closer celebrating these things are on his heart have brought me to him. And so I just pray the same thing for you. I pray that God would put it on your heart to start celebrating these festivals so that you could see more of his heart. They could see more of his character, that you could see how Israel has, yes, turned away from God many times, but God has always run after them. God has always been there for them. God will always keep his promises and covenant with them because he doesn't break promises. And in the same way, we, we run away from God all the time, all the time. And yet God does the same thing for us. He stays with us. He watches over us. He calls us to come back home. He calls us to repentance, to turn away from something and to come back. And so I just pray that celebrating these biblical festivals would just draw you so much closer to the Father. 
Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. It really means a lot to me. I pray that it impacted you in some way and just that this week you'd go before the Lord in his presence and spend time with him in the secret place. If you would like to follow the Secret Place podcast on Instagram, the Instagram handle is the secret place underscore podcast. Thanks again, you guys, and I just pray that you know that you are so loved, cherished, and valued.